Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Years ago I read an article, and I'd forgotten all about it until recently. I was reading a book and I thought, that sounds familiar. I went back through my files and found the article written by the very same author years before, and I felt a nudge of the Spirit saying, share this. And this week on Daily Devotion, as we look to the name of Jesus Christ, I feel impressed to share with you the words that I read from that article. I'm sharing this so that you can hear the very last sentence of this piece written by Dr. Michael Brown who you may recall pastored a Pentecostal church in Pensacola that saw a great stirring of the Spirit in the 90s. It's entitled, Who Changed Things? Could I just at the outset say that the next words are not my own. These are Brown's ponderings that I found so enlightening. Who changed things from the vibrant, Spirit-empowered, by life-or-death faith of the New Testament to today's spineless home and garden Sunday morning religion? Who changed things from leave everything and follow me to pray this little prayer and you're set for eternity? Who changed things from all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution to ask Jesus into your heart and enjoy a comfortable life? Who changed things from a fearless proclamation of the truth, whatever the cost or consequences, to a watered-down, compromised message that is afraid to offend anyone. By what authority, by whose decree, based on what new revelation, have we so blatantly disregarded the faith of the apostles? Who changed things? Who changed things from the New Testament faith where even the disciples couldn't minister without the Spirit's endowment to today's version where whole ministries are run with hardly any evidence of the Spirit's work? As A.W. Tozer once said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everybody would know the difference. This remains true of most of the contemporary church in the West. Brown pondered, who changed things from a God-centered faith to a man-centered faith? From take up your cross and deny yourself to bypass the cross and empower yourself. Who changed things from holiness being beautiful to holiness being bondage, from the early church being known for its high standards to the contemporary church being known for its scandals? Who changed things from the people of God being a threat to the powers of darkness to the people of God being active participants in darkness? In the early church, Paul instructed the Corinthians to separate themselves from people who claimed to be believers but were living in outward, unrepentant sin. Today, some of those people lead our churches and preach from our pulpits. Who changed things? And then Brown wraps up the article with these lines. 
who changed things from a faith that was so focused on the life of Jesus and so infused with the reality of his death and resurrection that no sacrifice was considered too great and no act of service considered too extreme. To the contrary, suffering for him was considered a privilege. To today's convenience store Christianity, where we have to sell salvation to the sinner by spicing up the deal with perks and benefits. And then the last line, when did Jesus stop being enough? Yes, that's my question today. When did he stop being enough? This Jesus who called himself the way, the truth, and the life. This Jesus who, when Moses faded and Elijah faded on the Mount of Transfiguration, he remained. This Jesus of whom Paul said, in him we live, we move, we have our being. And for to me to live is Christ. When did he stop being enough? We once sang on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And we once sang, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. We once sang only Jesus can satisfy your soul. But I ask you something. When did Jesus stop being enough? When did we move from only Jesus to Jesus plus this or that? And that's my question on daily devotion. Is Jesus still enough? Must we, like the prodigal, go to a distant country because our Heavenly Father is insufficient, we think? Must we race to and fro on this earth like Solomon of old, trying to find anything that will satisfy? When will we realize that only the Lord satisfies? Is Jesus still enough? As we lift up the name of Jesus all this week on Daily Devotion, we are saying clearly he is more than enough, that Jesus is all we need to get by, that if you and I have nothing left but Jesus Christ, we have enough to start over. We have enough to try again, believe again, hope again, dream again. In his book, Counterfeit Gods, Timothy Keller writes, Idols generate false beliefs such as, if I cannot achieve X, then my life won't be valid, or since I have lost or failed at Y, now I can never be happy or forgiven. Then he illustrates this point with the story of a young woman, an accomplished musician named Mary. She attended Keller's church. For many years, she had battled mental illness, had checked herself in and out of psychiatric institution any number of times. She gave Keller permission as her pastor to speak to her therapist. Her counselor told Keller, Mary virtually worships her parents' approval of her. They always wanted her to be this world-class musician, this world-class artist. She's quite good, but she's never reached the top of her profession. And she can't cope and live with the idea that she has disappointed her parents. Medications helped to manage her depression, but they could not get to the root of it. Her problem was a false belief driven by an idol. She had told herself, if I cannot be a well-known violinist, I have let my parents down and thus my life is a failure. She was distressed and guilty enough to die. 
When Mary began to believe the gospel that she was saved by grace, not by her musicianship, and that though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up, she began to get relief from her idolatrous need for her parents' approval. Over time, her depression, her anxiety began to lift, and she was able to re-enter her life and her musical career. Keller, remember, called this a counterfeit God, an idol that we hold in our mind that is a substitute for the Jesus who is enough. That story reminded me of one that Hugh Jackman once told. Jackman is a film star, has played many different roles. He tells the story as a child of his mother leaving him when he was eight years old. He was the youngest of five children. He got home first each day from school, but couldn't make himself go into the empty house by himself. He waited until his older siblings got home. And with the comfort of their presence, he had the courage to enter into the empty home. His father worked ever harder as an accountant once the wife left. Rarely had time for his kids. Jackman said that his father only came to watch him play ball once a year. But that one time when his father was in the stands, Jackman said he played harder than ever before, seeking approval of the one who mattered the most. Jackman would go on into his acting career, and years later, he was in a play at Sydney in his native Australia. And there was a note in the program quote from Bono that read, what kind of hole exists in the heart of a person when they need to have 70,000 people scream, I love you, to feel fulfilled? Jackman said, there is a part of me that wants to please and to be all things to all people. I just have that question. Since when did Jesus stop being enough? He is enough, you know. He is more than enough. We sing that old song, it's all in him, but do we live that way? Perhaps we need to be reminded that if we are united in the vine, then he is our life, our sufficiency, our all and in all. He's all that we need to get by. I think this is perhaps what confuses new converts more than anything else. They find the joy of meeting Jesus. They find him to be their savior. But then they grow ever more bogged down with the do this and don't do that. When in reality, if we can, teach them to fall in love with Jesus again and again, that the relationship with the Lord will do more than our performance mode for him. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae and in the opening chapter put Jesus Christ on the top shelf, the only shelf. He said, we are partakers of his divine nature, that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, that he created all things, is above all things, over all things, that through his blood at Calvary, we have reconciliation to him, that through his broken body, we can be sanctified and set apart, and that the mystery hidden from all of the ages is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul ends this first chapter saying, him we preach. But it's in the second chapter we see the outworking of the sufficiency of Jesus. Paul said we should walk in him. 
be rooted and built up in him, in him. And then comes that pivotal phrase in Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Then the next verse, and you are complete in him. That's what intrigues me, is that I am only complete when I find myself in the Lord Jesus Christ. That if I am in him, I find the approval and the acceptance that I long for. That if I'm in him, I find my identity, my destiny, my purpose in life. If I'm in him, I find what I need to form fast friendships, a successful marriage, healthy relationships. If I'm in him, I find what I need to have a meaningful career and vocation. If I'm in the Lord Jesus Christ, I find the strength I need, the hope I need, and the change I need. If I'm in him, I will not easily be tempted to go back to where I used to be, God forbid. For if I'm in him, I will see things through his eyes. I will feel things with his heart. Jesus is enough. He is more than enough. He's what I need to get by. He's my life. He's my strength. He's the very air that I breathe. He's the water when I'm thirsty. He's the bread when I'm hungry. He's my life and my strength and my hope. And it's all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Since when has Jesus not been enough in your life? I believe that he's everything that you need and that you can reach out, speak his name, and he draws so very, very close to you. He's more than enough. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.